Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bibles today to the book of Matthew chapter 17? Matthew chapter 17. Oh, I have a good message from the Lord for you today, so you're going to want to open up your heart and receive it. By the way, though I may share some scriptures, I believe with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit is speaking today. Where does the Holy Spirit live? Where does the Holy Spirit speak? Speaks to your heart. So while, I'm, while you're hearing words in, in your ears, just like Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He wasn't talking about physical ears. He was talking about spiritual ears. So make sure that you have your physical ears open, but make sure that you have your, the ears of your heart open too. And listen, because what he'll do is he'll take the words that are shared and custom tailor it to you, to where you feel like the Lord spoke to you something, exactly what you've been asking for. Amen. So let's open up our hearts today and receive from the Lord. I want to talk with you about starts, starts, starts. Starts are important. That's what we just prayed. It's not just about getting started and getting out there. You know, sometimes they just say, well, it's just important to get out there and get started. And God has fresh starts. It's not just about starting. It's starting right. It's starting the way that we're supposed, the way that we're supposed to, because like in a race, if you have a false start, what do you have to do? You have to take time. In fact, not only you, but other people who are involved have to all get in line and back up and their adrenaline that was all ready to go. Now they have to go back and get ready and get in line and, and, and amp back up and start again, right? We don't want to have to start again 2023 four or five times. Amen? Let's get a good start, right? It's important to have the right start. So don't waste time on false starts. Last week we talked about starting out with God's word. I believe the most important thing that we can start with is God's word. Taking God's word and laying it in our lives as a foundation. If you had nothing else to start with, if you're brand new in the Lord or if you've been in the Lord for 50 years and you go, I don't know where to start, start with God's word. And what I mean is the Bible. And what I mean is the Bible with the author of the Bible right there in conversation with you. Open God's word. Well, I don't know where to read. That's why we have a journal. And we had journal Sunday last Sunday, and we gave you a free journal last Sunday. But we have free bookmarks that you can grab a bookmark, and you can start reading the Bible with us. Uh, if you've never read the Bible on a regular basis, start with just one chapter a day, one New Testament chapter a day. If you didn't listen to last Sunday's message, please Go back and listen to it. I explain why the New Testament, why do we read the Old Testament? Why is it important to go on a regular basis and read God's word and get it inside of your heart? When, when, when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would remind you of things that I said, if we don't put God's word in our hearts, what is he gonna remind us of? There's nothing to remind us of. How many times have you been, have you read something and three weeks later, all of a sudden, you're talking to somebody and it comes up and you go, oh, where did I get that from? Well, it was something that you read. Get, get not just information and not just things about the Bible. Get God's word inside of your heart on a daily basis. If you know, don't know where else to start in your spiritual walk, go grab a Bible. Go grab a New Believer's Bible. You can get it for free in there, a New Believer's Bible. And start reading God's word on a daily basis. Start with God's word. Today I want to talk with you about this. Start with prayer and fasting. Start with prayer and fasting. Now I know what some people think as soon as I say that. They say, I can handle the prayer, but I don't know about the fasting. I can deal with the prayer because I've prayed, even if it's I was about to get in an accident and I said, Jesus, <laughs> you know, I've called out to the Lord. I can handle prayer because prayers can be short and prayers can be long, but I don't know about the fasting. Fasting is something I'm just not sure about, right? But fasting is something that's important. And so my goal with you 
uh, with this is I wanna show you why fasting is really, really important. Uh, the word prayer and fasting comes from this. Uh, in fact, this scripture here in Matthew chapter 17, there's a story about prayer and fasting that Jesus said, and I just wanna read this to you. In fact, if you just look on your screen here and you look in Matthew chapter 17, there's a story here and it says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. So it's a man praying for his son. And he said, he's an epileptic. Who is that? It's someone who's having seizures, right? He says he's an epileptic and he suffers severely. So he wasn't just having seizures every, every once in a while. He's having them regularly. And he often falls into the fire and he often falls into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. See, the disciples would pray for people and get them healed, but they brought the son and the son couldn't get healed. And he's wondering, I don't know what to do, so I need to go back to the source and pray for, to Jesus. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? You know, you wonder, was he talking about to the disciples when he was calling them faithless and perverse? Was he talking uh, to was he talking to the, the man? You know, he just says, oh, faithless and perverse generation. In other words, this guy should get healed. He's not, notice what he doesn't say. Well, I guess he's supposed to be sick for the glory of God. Like we say. That's not what he said. Listen, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon no, wait, demon. I thought he said that he had seizures. Why did he say demon? Because sometimes, sometimes there's demonic, there's demons behind sickness. Let me tell you what I didn't say. That every time you have a cold, you're like, <laughs> I rebuke you, demon. <laughs> no, sometimes it's just you're, you're dealing with sickness. But sometimes, how much? How many of you know, the enemy likes to exploit and get behind things, right? And so Jesus knew, he perceived there was a demon behind this, right? And so Jesus rebuked the demon. How did he know there was a demon? Well, there was a discerning of spirits, so he was sensitive to the spirit. He rebuked the demon, and it, the demon, came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Notice when the demon left, the sickness left. Okay, And the disciples came to Jesus privately and he said, well, why couldn't we cast it out? Well, uh, obviously, the, they were used to healing the sick because they were kind of surprised that it didn't work in this, in this case. And they said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. By the way, why did Jesus say that they couldn't cast it out? Was it because they didn't eat dinner? Was it because they didn't eat lunch? No. Or was it because of unbelief? Because sometimes we take this passage and go, yeah, he didn't come out because of prayer and fasting. No, Jesus said it was because of unbelief. Okay, I'm just pointing out what Jesus said. Okay, why could we not cast it out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, by the way, did he say if you have big faith or if you have faith? Yeah, because sometimes we think, well, I don't have a lot of faith, so I can't pray. Do you ever think that? I don't have a lot of faith, so I guess I can't pray about the situation. No, he said, if you even have little bitty faith, you could say to this mountain, right? Uh, you will say to this mountain, by the way, faith speaks. If you have faith, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. Will you say those words with me? Nothing will be impossible. Then he says, however, somebody say however. This kind does not go out except by, somebody say it with me, prayer and fasting. He said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Well, that can be kind of confusing. This kind, I thought he said it was unbelief. This kind cannot go out. I thought it was unbelief. This kind cannot go out except by prayer and fasting. Let's go back to see what fasting is. Because I know sometimes, in fact, if you're doing fasting, we've reduced it down to, well, I'm just going to give something up. Like, okay, I'm going to give up uh, the show I really didn't want to watch on Netflix anyway. 
You know, I heard someone say, I'm going to give up salads uh, on, for my 21 days. I'm just going to give up salads. <laughs> I'm going to give up radishes <laughs> on my 21. I'm going to give up celery on my... No, the point of fasting is not to give up something you wouldn't do anyway. Amen. Here's what fasting is. Look at Fasting is... Fasting is, listen, you, by the way, uh, you want to know this, okay? This is what fasting is. This is for the rest of your life. Fasting is the Greek word nesteia. It, it, it's two words. It's ne or ne, which is a negative pretext or uh, prefix to this word estheo, which just means to eat. So what does fasting literally mean? Don't eat. So if someone wants to break it down to say, what does fasting mean? It means what? It means don't eat. It doesn't mean don't, don't, you know, this and that. It means don't eat. It's used of voluntary abstinence of food, okay? It's just laying down food. That's that's what it means. Um, Now, uh, the demon came out because of unbelief, but uh, why did Jesus mention this word here? Uh, Why did Jesus mention uh, or oh, let me mention this about uh, prayer and fasting. Okay. This word here in Mark 9, 28 is the second place in the Bible where it says, it's of the same instance where he said these kind, he actually says this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. In the original manuscripts of the Bible, the Bible was not written in English, just in case. Does anyone know that? The Bible wasn't written in English. It was originally written in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and different, uh, and then it was translated over into English, okay? In the original, some of the original uh, uh, manuscripts, these two verses were not there. So some of the modern translations, they're actually not there. In fact, it's funny because you look at some of the modern translations like New Living Translation or NIV, it actually just skips the number. And you think, why is the number not even there? Did they mess, mess up? No, it's because in the, some, of the orig, some of the original manuscripts, they weren't even there. So they just actually skip the verse and leave the verse out. Why do I read that and emphasize that today? Because why would I even bring that up? prayer and fasting because Jesus said out of them and you see it throughout the word the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let everything be what established in other words we're not supposed to take one scripture in the Bible and make a doctrine out of it that's where people get into cults and all kind of weird stuff you have to have if someone comes and tells me something God told me this or God told me that usually the first thing I think and sometimes I say if I have a relationship with them is where does it say that in the word? And if they can't tell me, I just throw it out. I say, I don't know what God told you that. But that doesn't line up with the word. doesn't line up with scripture. Why? Because I want to know what the Bible says. In fact, do you know that anytime anytime you get a word, your first thought, the diligence should be, where does that that come from in scripture? That should, that should be what you think if you're going to be diligent. Where does, that, where does that line up in Scripture? At least two or three places in Scripture. Okay? So Jesus, though, talked a lot about fasting. And let me show you a couple places where he does. Okay? Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, this, these are Jesus' words and fast. I want you to look at this. In fact, would you read this with me out loud? It says, and when you fast, this is what Jesus said, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disevil, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they'll ever get. By the way, he, in Matthew chapter 6, he tells it about three things. He tells it about charitable giving, that they try to give in front of people. And he tells it about prayer, that they try to pray in front of people. And he tells it about fasting, that they try to fast in front of people. And what does he say? He says, if you're trying to do things in front of people... There you go. You got your reward. But if you do it privately, he says, the father who sees in private will reward you publicly. Private sacrifices always precede public reward. Humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up, right? And then it says here in uh, the next verse, Jesus said, read it with me. And when you fast, comb your hair. By the way, I did it this morning. I don't know if you noticed, okay? It says, and when you fast, comb your hair wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting. 
When you fast, are you supposed to make an announcement that you're fasting? By the way, everybody, I'm on a fast. I'm getting close to God. Is that what you're supposed to do? No, you just say, it's not, it's not that you're supposed to be in secret because sometimes people make it weird the other way, right? You go out to lunch or something like that and they're just like, oh no, I'm not gonna eat today. And you're like, what's going on? Oh, you know, nothing. Well, are you fasting? Are you fasting? What's wrong? Is something between? I don't want to lose my reward. Oh, come on, Joker. Are you fasting? I don't think that's the point either, right? The point, the point's that you're, the point's not that you're not supposed to be honest about it, right? The point's that you're just not supposed to like post it on social media. I'm on a 21 day fast. No, right? Right? He says here, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except the father who knows what you're doing in private. And your father who sees everything your father who sees everything, you don't need to announce when you do spiritual things. Your father who sees everything, what, what will he do? He will reward you. He will reward you. The father who sees in private will reward you publicly. Private sacrifice always precedes public rewards. Always leads to public rewards. Remember how Jesus now also, how Jesus started his ministry. When Jesus first started his ministry, you know, sometimes we think Jesus, you know, he started his ministry, he was anointed, he was ordained, and then he went to first united such and such and this, and he started his ministry. I want you to notice how Jesus started. In, Ma in Luke chapter three, he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and then what happened? Then, the, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. This is right. This is how he started his ministry. He returned from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit, where? Into the wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. Jesus started his ministry with no food. I want you to notice what he was tempted with. I want you to notice what he was tempted with. He was tempted with food. Somebody say food. By the way, how did Adam and Eve fall? Food. Somebody say food. What was Jesus tempted with? Food. Very first temptation was what? Food. 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 That's why it's important when you fast, fast food. Not fast food. <laughs> you say, somebody, somebody say fast food? No, no, no. <laughs> food fast. Let me say it that way. Food fast. <laughs> food fast, right? Food fast. And that's why our flesh always wants to go, I'm, I'm going to fast something. I'm praying about what to fast. <laughs> yeah, I bet you want to, right? I'm Anybody ever prayed about what to fast? I'm praying about what to fast, right? Because you don't want to fast food, right? Or you don't want to food fast. I mean, yeah, right? So look at, he was tempted for 40 days by the devil and in those days he ate nothing and afterwards when they had ended, he was hum hungry. Somebody say he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. What did Satan tempt Jesus with? Food. What did Jesus fast? Food. He fasted food. And then how did Jesus combat, combat him? But Jesus answered him and said, it is written, say it with me, man shall not live by bread alone. What does food feed? Physical. Food feeds your body. So when we deny food, what are we saying? It's not all about your body. Life is not all about the body. Because we are so body-led and mind-driven and flesh-driven. And so what does fasting do? It tells ourselves, I am not, my body is not all there is about me. Man shall not live by bread alone, by physical, but by every word of God. What is that? Hearing God. By every, it's not just 
by every word of God, like some past word of God. It's the present, it's the word of God. It's God leading you, guiding you. Didn't Jesus say, everything I do, I, I heard the Father do it. I, I, I'm led by the words of God. And so what did he say? I have to know that I don't just operate by my cravings. Let me ask you, why do you select the restaurant you're going to eat this afternoon? Because of whatever you crave. Hey, what do you feel like? Hey, how do you make decisions? Because of what you feel like. So it translates over to life. How do you pick, you know, where you want to live? How do you pick your mate? How do you pick this? How do you select? All of your selections end up being by your cravings. And so what is he saying? You, you train yourself that you stop selecting things based on what your body craves and you start selecting things based on the word of the Lord. So how do you break your cravings and get it to where now you're operating by the word of the Lord? Fasting. You have to fast what? Food. Because food is the most, if you broke down the flesh, that's the most basic survival thing. It's food. You got to start there, right? We got to start there. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's the very first thing that Jesus was tempted with. It's the very first thing that he said. Fasting is a reminder to yourself that you need to hear God more than you need physical food. Somebody say it. I need to hear God. Somebody else say it. I need to hear God more than I need physical food. And that's the truth. Not eating physically, but eating spiritually. So the goal of fasting is not to starve yourself to where all you're thinking about is food. Because sometimes we can get there too, right? The goal of fasting is hearing and following God. The goal of fasting is to train yourself to hear and follow God. It's not just hearing, by the way, it's doing. Do you remember that Jesus... One day, he was uh, with his disciples, and his disciples said, hey, do you want some lunch? You know, you're with your buddies. And you say, hey, you want some lunch? And Jesus said, oh, I already got food. And he said, well, where did you get food? You remember this right here? It says in uh, John chapter 4, Jesus talked about food. Again, Jesus talked about fasting and food and fast food and all this kind of stuff. Okay, he said, John chapter 4, he said, they, he said to them, I have food to eat which you don't know about. And they're looking at him, and they said, uh, his disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, say this with me, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I want you to notice, Jesus didn't only say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Jesus didn't only say that I live by what I hear. He said, I live by what I do and by what I finish. See, sometimes we think, I live by what I hear. No, Jesus said, my food, you know what food is? It's, it, it, it's, it's my satisfaction. I can't get, no. Jesus says, my satisfaction, what satisfies me is to do, for, to fulfill what I hear in the spirit. What satisfies me is getting in the spirit, catching a word from God, and living my life that way. That's what satisfies me. See, and you get addicted just like you get addicted to chocolate, just like you get addicted to coffee, just like you get addicted to things maybe we shouldn't be addicted to. You get addicted to doing the will of God. That's what Jesus said. They said, has anyone brought him something to eat? And he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus' food was to hear and obey. So if we want to walk like Jesus, then our goal needs to be to hear God and to do what he's saying. Hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. Well, last week we talked about being in the word and hearing God on a daily basis. So then why fast? If I can just hear God on a daily basis, why fast? So here's what I want to give you, and this, is, this won't take long. I'm going to give you three keys, three key times for prayer and fasting. Three key times for prayer and fasting. Number one is this. You need to pray and fast when you need to make key decisions. We're going to all need all three of these. You're going to need to pray and fast when you need to make key decisions in life. 
intersections. Do you know that in traffic, in, 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 uh, when you're driving on the road, some of the most dangerous places on the road that more than 50% of all fatal and injury crashes occur at intersections? Over 50% of all fatal and injury crashes occur at intersections. What is that? It's when people are making decisions to stop, to go, to blow through the light. Ah, I'll just blow through the light. You're going to blow through the light, and it doesn't only affect you. It affects someone else. It affects your kids. It affects someone else's kids. It affects others. Intersections. Major decisions. When you're making a major decision, it's important to fast. Why? Because we're talking about fasting allows you to say, I don't make decisions based on my cravings. I make decisions based on the word of the Lord. So major decisions. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, Paul and Barnabas prayed and fasted for the elders of the church before committing them to the Lord for his service. David in the Bible was known as a man after God's own heart. But I believe that seven times, seven times it says, and many, many more times it says, but seven times it says that David inquired of the Lord. It says those exact words. David inquired of the Lord. It means he went and, and had a, a specific request. In fact, I love in 1 Samuel chapter 23, it says that David went and inquired of the Lord and said, should we go up against the Philistines? And God said, yes, go up against the Philistines and I'm gonna take them out. And then he went back to his men. He said, I went and told the Lord. And he said, we're going to take him out. And the men said, but we're scared. And so he said, let me go ask God again. And he went back to God and he said, God, are we supposed to go? He asked him the same question, right? God, he, it says, David inquired of the Lord again. And God told him the same answer. Do you know, it didn't say, God, God didn't say, you idiot, I already told you. No, God told him the same answer. Do you know God will tell you the same thing? You can inquire of the Lord multiple times if you get obstacles, right? But David inquired of the Lord and notice David was a man after God's own heart, right? Jesus, do you know that before Jesus chose his 12 disciples that he was up and he prayed all night long? Yeah, that's right. The Bible didn't just say he just chose and randomly chose and said, eh, hit and miss. No, it says that he prayed all night long and he chose his disciples. Transitions, when you're coming up to major transitions in your life, in your life you have to take time to pray and fast. Well, how much time? I don't know. Seek the Lord about how much time. Find out how much time you need to take. But you have to take time to pray and fast. Let me just give you a, a, a few things. Number one, uh, you know, here's just a few things that I listed down. A spouse, a spouse. Don't pick a spouse based on who, who your body craves. Don't pick a spouse based on who you think would be good for your career path. Don't pick a spouse based on who their family is and how this would set you up, who you're going to date. Do I really need to pray and fast about that? Well, why else are you dating them other than eventually for the, for the possibility of being with them long-term, right? I'm not saying you need to, you know, like date them and marry them the next week, but I'm saying, you know, you do need to pray and fast. Take those decisions seriously, right? Dating, relationships, your ministry, your call. Well, I don't know if I'm called to ministry. If you're in Christ, you're called to ministry. Every person has a calling to ministry. Every one of us as believers have a call to ministry. Uh, your career, your job, your schooling. Do not take a job because your dad has that job. Do not take a job because your mom has that job. I have sat in my office with too many people and talked to them who've got uh, um, bachelor's degrees, graduate degrees, and they've, they've invested 10, 15 years, and they're crying because they've invested all their lives into something, and they go, I hate it. Well, why are you doing it? I don't know. Let me just save you the time. Pray and fast and save yourself years. Because God knows what you're supposed to be doing. And listen, you may, maybe you're supposed to be doing what you're doing, but you didn't let God settle it. It says in Philippians chapter two, it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Maybe you, you don't know you're supposed to be doing it because you didn't take the time to let God settle that thing inside of you. So you're questioning something that is the will of God. 
What do you have to do? Take time to pray and fast. Moving, moving. Don't just move to a house because it's cheaper. Don't just move 15 miles away because it's cheaper. Moving to a different house. Sometimes you'll get into another house and you go, oh, that's such a way better house. God knows what that house is gonna be like in a year. God knows, the, God knows if that's a, a piece of junk or not. If that's a, what is it called? A lemon or a, what is it called? A, a money pit. God knows if that's a money pit or not. God knows if it's a good deal or not. Having kids. Well, I want to have this and that. I want to, no, stop and pray and ask what God wants you to have. Right? God wants you to have. Starting a business. Right? Sometimes people get in competition that they look at other people and they say, they started a business, I'm going to start a business. Or I I feel weak because I I work for someone else and I heard that if I don't work for someone else, I'm not going to work for someone. No, you know what? Listen, listen. You could get into the love of money. You could get into these kinds of things. And maybe you're supposed to work for someone else. And maybe you're not supposed to work for someone else. The only reason to start something is because God said to do it. And listen, when he said to start something, start it the way he said to start it. And listen, when he said to start it, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Make sure that you're equally yoked with people who believe the way. Why? Because you're going to get into key decisions. And when you get into key decisions, they may make decisions based on money or cravings of the flesh. They may not tithe. And when you go to tithe as a business and they say, oh, I don't tithe. Well, how's your business going to be blessed? I'm just saying there's key decisions that you're going to come up to. You have to have different ways of making decisions, so you, you got to make sure that you do it the same way. Starting a business, hobbies, they require time. I know that before we moved to Memphis, I did not move to Memphis. We did not even pray about it because of some opportunity. It was something, I was trying to move to Long Beach, if anything. I, at home, I opened my bookshelf the other day. I have all these books on Long Beach. Videos on Long Beach, research on Long Beach. I looked at it, I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do with all that stuff? I still have it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with all that stuff? I think I'm ready to throw it away. But you know what? I know that I know that I know. It wouldn't have worked in Long Beach. I wasn't trying to start a church. Never wanted to be a pastor. I do now because God put it in me. God graced me and gifted me to do it. But I had to fast and pray and make sure it was the Lord so that by the time, see, if we hadn't known, we have been tested and there has been so many obstacles, spiritual opposition coming here, so many things that I don't stand up and share, so many, I mean, the devil himself, I feel like visiting me, that if I didn't have a word from the Lord, but what do I do? I just stand up and say, yeah, you'd look at me and think it just was all smooth. Smooth sailing. No, no, listen, what it is, is I've locked into an anchor. And what is that? It's the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. Before you make major decisions, make sure that you fast and pray. Another thing you need to do before you make, is you, when you're facing strong spiritual opposition. When you're facing strong spiritual opposition and you need a breakthrough. Let me tell you, the first thing you should do is not just seek a counselor. You know what, I'm going through a lot. I just need a counselor. You might need a counselor. But why don't you go to the wonderful counselor first? No, listen. And and the the counselor might send you to a counselor. I'm not against counselors. We have amazing counselors here in this church. Well, let me tell you. Make sure you go to the Lord first. 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 When you're facing strong spiritual opposition, what do you do? You, uh, after, let me say this, after 40,000 men in battle in two days, the Israelites cried out to God for help. And we see in the book of Judges, chapter 20, verse 26, it says that all the people went up to Bethel and they sat weeping before the Lord and they fasted that day until evening. And what happened? The next day, the Lord gave them victory over the Benjamites. Nothing broke until they fasted and prayed. By the way, it's not the act or the work of fasting. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. It's getting desperate enough to fast. It's getting desperate enough to fast. 
Again, Matthew chapter 17 that we read. Why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said, uh, because of your unbelief. He said, however, this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. Listen, when you're dealing with evil spirits, you're not just dealing with normal stuff here. When you're, anybody ever dealt with evil spirits? Yeah. When you're dealing with evil spirits, okay, uh, you need to have discernment. You need to have boldness. And you need to have sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And so what do you need to do? You need to be in touch with your spirit and the Holy Spirit. Not with your flesh, not with your belly, not with your mind, not with your emotions. You have to be linked up and locked up to the Holy Spirit. So what do you have to do? You have to fast. You have to put the flesh under and you have to pray and you have to be locked up so that when you're hitting spiritual opposition, what happens? All of a sudden, you have light. You start to have understanding. And many times, it's a very minor adjustment, minor calibration that can make everything come into alignment. Why? What happens? Well, the enemy comes, the thief comes not except to what? Steal, kill, and to destroy. The enemy is a deceiver. He's a liar. Uh, they lie. They deceive. He's a serpent. So one of the things he's going to do is one of the things that you're facing when you're facing opposition, strong spiritual opposition, you're facing deception. Yes, you're not facing things as they look. Amen. Things that you may be facing right now that are strong and you're fighting against them and you wonder why you're not coming because things as they look probably aren't as they look. There's things that are happening under the surface. And the enemy is twisting things. And if you don't have spiritual discernment to see what you're real, really is going on, you won't be able to fight those things. Another thing is intimidation. Intimidation. You ever had something good intimidating and you start backing down in cowardice? Well, it says in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a, he doesn't only walk like a serpent, deceiving you, he walks like a roaring lion. What does he do? He intimidates. And what do you do with a roaring lion? You back off, right? So what does he want to do? He wants to deceive you, but he also wants to back you off. You ever, you ever face opposition and you start backing off and you go, I'll just, sit, I'll just sit back over here until I know what to do. No, listen, 2023, you're not going to back off. 2023, you're not going to be deceived. He's coming as a roaring lion. So what does he say? Be sober. What does that mean? Don't be drinking. By the way, you can get drunk on food. I can get drunk on food. You can get drunk on alcohol. You can get drunk on drugs, right? He's saying be sober. Don't be intoxicated with those things. Be vigilant. Be active. Be aware. Because your adversary, the devil, he's against you. He's not here to play. He's not here to party. And I don't care if you're a 13-year-old in here, 12-year-old in here, or if you're a 90-year-old in here, he's not here to play. He's here to take you out. Yeah. And he's here to intimidate you and deceive you. So what, what do we do? We be sober. We be vigilant because our adversary, the devil. Addictions, strongholds. You're facing addictions. You're facing strongholds. What is Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says? It says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He didn't say try not to follow the flesh. No, he said Forget the flesh, follow the spirit and you won't fulfill the flesh. If you're listening to God, if you're following the voice of the Lord, if you're following the spirit, you cannot go east and west at the same time. Quit trying to not go east, just go west. Quit, to, quit trying to not go to the flesh, just go to the spirit. And you won't go after the flesh. That's what Galatians 5.16 says. So when you're facing strong spiritual opposition and need a breakthrough, and need a breakthrough, and then last of all this, when you are preparing to enter a new season, when you're preparing to enter a new season, these are the three, three key times that I've seen to fast. When you need to make key decisions, when you're facing strong spiritual opposition or need a breakthrough, and when you're preparing to enter a new season. Remember Luke chapter four, how Jesus started his ministry? He started his ministry with 40 days of prayer and fasting by being tempted by the devil. By, by before he faced the demons in the people, he faced the demons in himself. Before he faced the demons in the people, he faced his own flesh. He dealt with his own flesh. Before David... Face the giant. 
he faced the lion and the bear in his own fold. Sometimes you got to face the things that are close to home before the things that are far from home. Spiritual opposition. I want to talk with you as we close here about roles and goals, and this is what I'm leading to, so don't check out here. Um, Roles and goals. At the beginning of the year, we do this as a church every year. We stop and we pray, 21 days, we stop and we pray and we fast. But I don't think we've ever taken it as seriously as we're going to take it starting today. And I want us to ask this, and I want you to look at that sheet. Did everyone get one of those sheets? If you didn't get one of those sheets, I should have asked you at the beginning, but raise your hand. Could you pass out one of those sheets? I should have given it to you at the beginning because all the notes that I just said are on the sheet, on the sheet right there. But just uh, uh, pass it out right there. Just, just raise your hand right there. Um, there's five questions I have right here, and this is for you. This is for you to take home, okay? Five questions, and it's this. Five questions, it's this. Number one, what is God saying for this? But number one is this. What is God saying for this year? What is God saying to you personally? As we fast 21 days, I want you to ask this question. As we fast these 21 days, I want you to ask these five questions. Listen, I'm asking you, let's get this settled in the balcony also. Let's get this settled, these five questions, these five things. Let's get this settled in these 21 days. What is God saying to you personally? This year, personally, this year. Let me tell you one thing that God told me personally this year. David, you need to worship more. I'm a little embarrassed by that because I feel like I, like I should have been. And I do already. But the Lord said, I want it more. But guess where I caught it? I didn't catch it because I looked in the mirror and felt bad about myself. Because if I self-evaluated, I'd think I already worship a lot. But not according to God. God said, I want you to spend more time worshiping me. Now, I already spend a lot of time in the presence of God. But God said, I didn't say in the presence of God. I said, worshiping me. See, God will... God... Sometimes God makes these little adjustments. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's more of this, less of that. What is God saying to you personally? Next, what do you see God doing through Memphis Tabernacle? Listen, if you're a part of this church, then if God's called you to be part of this church, then you have a responsibility as part, just like I have a responsibility. By the way, I'm not doing what I do because it's my job. Amen. I'm doing it because I'm part of the body of this body, just like you're part of this body. Yeah. I ask the Lord what my role is, just like you ask the Lord what your role is. And I have a role and you have a role. What do you see God doing through Memphis Tabernacle? And what part is he calling you to play? I'm not going to tell you what that is. You ask, Lord, what part am I supposed to play? And then I want you to do this. Write out your personal roles. Four to seven of them. Write out your personal roles. Really, your personal roles are your relationships, the relationships that you have. Let me give you a sample. These are, this is a sample of my personal roles. Okay, this is my personal roles. One, I recommend don't have more than seven. Okay, my personal roles would be this. I'm a child of God. My, my very first relationship that I have, and if I don't get any other right, it's me and God. If I become a great pastor and we have a church of thousands of people and I'm reaching all these people, but I lose my relationship with the Lord, I missed it. I'm a child of God. Next is my relationship with myself, with me. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if I, if I treat myself like crap, if I don't love myself, then what am I gonna do? How am I, then I'm, and I treat you that way, then I did love my neighbors myself. Okay? Now what I'm not talking about is have this whole, whole me time and this whole me. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about glory, presenting my body to God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Spirit, mind, emotions, body. It needs to be healthy needs to be healthy, okay? Husband, 
That's just me, right? If I have, if I'm a great pastor and I'm a great leader and all these things, but I have a sucky marriage, it ain't going to work. I might as well quit everything else I'm doing, right? Uh, dad, my people say, oh, where do you separate your ministry and your family? Where do you separate them? I always say, what are you talking about? My family is my first ministry. My family is my ministry. I don't look at a separation. Here's my family. I'm protecting you from ministry. No, you are my ministry. My family is my first ministry. I pastor my family before I pastor church. Right? If the church goes to heaven, my family goes to hell, I miss it. Right? So, um, pastor, leader, friend. So, uh, the next thing is this, is ask God's desire for each roles for 2023, for each role. Let me just give you a quick, for instance, child of God. I told you for me, child of God might be, uh, David, I want you to worship more. And that's all I write, worship more, okay? Um, my goodness. Uh, self. Uh, <laughs> did you turn that touch off? Okay, no, it's cool. Can you do it next week? Okay, cool, okay. Um, okay, um, self, um, get in shape. Okay, um, husband, um, I, I'm just saying, for instance, I'll go and pray, and I know, what's it? Tiffany said more gifts, okay. <laughs> dad, dad, how many of you know, by the way, I'm, I need to listen to the Lord, not you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love you, baby. Uh, uh, Dad, how many of you know that as your kids grow, your, your, who you are, your relationship with them and what they need changes every year. What you gave them two years ago is different. than They don't need what you gave them last year. They need something different. So pray about it this year. What do your, what do your kids need? They need you to lean into them a little bit differently this year. So pray about, and if you're dad, I'm not just talking about general dad, a dad too. If you have 14 kids, then you have a lot more <laughs> longer to pray, right? Pray for each one and what your role is for them. Uh, and whatever your role is, if you're uh, you know, a businessman, whatever it is, if you own a business, if you have, what, take those roles, I recommend no more than seven. Okay, ask God for a desire for each one of those roles. By the way, write them down. And then last of all this, dedicate January 9th through 29th to pray and fast together, seeking God for clear direction for 2023 and write it down and write it down. I'm asking you if you'll take these things and just get them really clear over these 21 days. Personally, church, your personal roles, the desire toward those and then just dedicate these 21 days and say, God, I'm, to the best of my ability, I'm gonna write these things down and I'm gonna go for them. Life is not about getting things done. It's not just about starting. Life is about this. It's about, did you live the life God called you to live? That's really, at the end of the day, it's did you live the life God called you to live? Did you love the people God called you to love? Did you serve the people God called you to serve? Did you step out in the things God called you to? It's not about advancement. It's about just obedience. That's all, that's all it's about. It's about comparing God's plan to how it was lived out. Taking, and that's what you're trying to do is get in God's presence and write out what you believe God's plan is as, as, much as, as much as you can see. Don't overwrite it. And then take your life and line up your decisions based on that plan. So how do I fast? And I'm done here, but I just want you to look on the website later on. On the website, resources right up here. Everybody look up here for a moment. Resources right up here. Fasting Basics, you can click on it. And it has about five pages, Fasting Basics. By the way, a great book on fasting is Jensen Franklin. There's a lot of good books I can recommend to you, but he has a great book on fasting. Um, fasting Basics, Fasting Types, 
uh, you say, how do I fast? What do I fast? Don't get so caught up on what. Pray and ask the Lord what to fast. A lot of people will just do the Daniel fast based on Daniel chapter 10. Uh, and, and what is it? It's basically you're eating things that grow out of the earth. Fruits, vegetables, legumes, uh, beans, you know, things like that. Uh, cut out the sugars, cut out meats, cut out all those things. That's a great way to fast. I know that uh, uh, Tiffany and I, we're doing some water fasting, water fasting, not cutting out water, but just drink, just, just doing water for some days. And then uh, we, have, we have some things that we've laid out um, that we're sticking to for 21 days. But let me ask you to do this. Would you write down what you're going to do and just stick with it? And can I tell you, it's gonna be hard on your flesh. It's supposed to be. Well, I don't know if I get a sense. Well, it's not a sense. It's, it's gonna be hard on your flesh. And replace the eating with the pressing, pressing in. Read the word. Listen to, the, listen to God. Read the Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you on those things. Fasting tips. Here's some tips. Daniel fast. There's what to do, what to eat. There's those things. But I just want us to do this as we close here. Would you open up your hearts and let's commit to the next 21 days. Listen. This is not something I'm asking you to do to hurt you. It's something I believe, and I want you to believe with me, that 2023 is going to be the best year of your life. Would you believe that? With No, I mean, I mean, I'm, something in me says there's something new that God is going to do. And if we'll start 2023 the right way, God has extraordinary, extraordinary, supernatural signs, wonders that God wants to get involved in our life. But let's start with him involved right now. Come on, open up your hearts right now with me. Lord, we open up our hearts today. God, we commit today to pray to fast, to seek you, to do what you've asked us to do. And we ask you to speak to us your will, your plan. God, this is not about self-fulfillment or self-achievement. This is about fulfilling the purposes and the plans of God for our lives individually, for our lives collectively. And I ask you, to help us to do that in the mighty name of Jesus. (laughs) And if you believe it today, would you say amen? Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.